You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For those of you listeners who know my background a bit, you might remember the stories of my first few jobs after college. From being a mall cop to selling makeup door to door, I realized that I had skills that were being underutilized and that these minimum wage jobs couldn't support me or last forever. I spent years going through YouTube, reading books, listening to podcasts, and taking enough online courses to reinvent myself as a professional copywriter and digital marketer. Years later, thanks to my side hustles and drive, I've worked with national news outlets, multi-million dollar tech startups, nonprofits, and celebrities to build their brands and drive sales. None of this could have happened if I didn't develop in-demand skills. I had to do this alone, but you don't have to. You have Hustlers University 2.0. Hustlers University 2.0 is a community where you can learn real skills to earn money online today, starting with side hustles you can use to elevate your game. I'm not just an advocate for Hustlers University. I'm also a student. Every professor is verified to be making 10K to 500K monthly in their selected field. You get full resources, lesson plans, and an active community of thousands of other Hustlers University students working on skills such as stock analysis, cryptocurrencies, e-commerce, copywriting, which was my favorite course, one I actually went ahead and took last month. And as a copywriter of seven years, I even took a ton out of that, including some of the resources I was able to take over to my day job. You also learn freelancing, financial planning, affiliate marketing, business management, and so much more. If you're tired of depending on a boss who hates you to deliver your paycheck or have learned since the lockdowns that controlling the source of your income is vital to your individual freedom, sign up for Hustlers University 2.0 today using the link in the show notes. I'll see you there.
Oh, oh, it was Mr. Burns. No, Mr. Burns. Okay, so this is funny. So Mr. Burns from The Simpsons, when he would pick up the phone, uh, he would say something like, Ahoy, ahoy. And the reason why he would do that is because when Thomas, no, when Alexander Graham Bell, Alexander Graham Bell, see, I remember something from fourth grade. When Alexander Graham Bell went ahead and created the phone, uh, he wanted it to have kind of like its own language for how you communicate with people over the phone to firmly communicate things because calls were timely and expensive back when there were no phones. And he was literally creating the first phone. So much like um, when you would do like a, a telegraph or Morse code or something, he wanted to give it a specific language all its own. So his version of hello was ahoy hoy. Um Thank God that didn't last because I can't imagine us all greeting each other over our, um, you know, wired telephone thingies and saying ahoy hoy each time. But ahoy, welcome, uh, buenos dias, um, salut, I'm trying to think of all the things I learned, um, Ming Kong Chao. No, I don't think that's anything Asian. I think I just saw that in the Jackie Chan movie. Anyway, welcome back. Uh, what a, what, a, what a couple of weeks. What a couple of weeks. We've had some great episodes on. I feel like I've been more of a kick recently. You know, talked a little bit of, a little bit of aliens with Avery Warner. Uh, talked about relationships with uh, Andrea Mew. Had the boys on back on Monday. Talking about just whatever we talk about. You know, I, I think one of, um, one of the criticisms I get is that the show talks about a lot of different things. And I, I get that sometimes. Sometimes people can't get a feeling of me, but I, I don't think I'm, I don't think I struggle with that. I think I'm trying to be genuine to myself and trying to create the content that I enjoy creating. And hopefully I get to share that with you. But ultimately it, it goes back to first principles, which is escaping the mundane nature of day-to-day -day life trying to recapture that joyful spirit which had been snuffed out for many of us over the last couple of years, trying to open our minds and escape conventional thoughts so that we can open our worldview to new things and to empower ourselves to live the life that we want to live on our own terms, that dangerous freedom. Now, um, I'm, not, I'm not a millionaire. Many of you know this. I've never claimed to be. The whole purpose of uh, what we've been trying to do with On the Run is to catalog that journey, is to chron chronicle that journey, actually, because my goal is to become a millionaire and financially independent and semi-retired by the age of 38. I'm 27 now, so that I could live life um, not for money, but to do the things I want to do to provide meaning to myself and to provide value to others without having to worry about that financial constraint. And it's also about me developing myself to be that freer person. When I talk about dangerous freedom, I'm not talking about living an Andrew Tate lifestyle where you're going to be racing cars and fighting through Abu Dhabi, though that would be pretty freaking awesome. I'm talking about your right to worship the way you want to worship, to think and say the things you want to say, because if they can control what you think and control what you say, you've already given them full control. It's to live life on your terms as long as you're not hurting people or taking their stuff. That was called normal a couple of years ago, and it hasn't been normal since. And it's, uh, it's mid-August now. I have been here for more than a year. I've been here for 13 months, and it, uh, no, no, I, I can't do math. Fuck. 
Now, I've been here for 15 months. It will be 15 months since I moved here to Wisconsin. Um, other podcasters tell you about what they think they want to do or what they wish they could do. I told you many moons ago that I was eventually trying to get out of D.C. I actively really wanted to get out of D.C. Around the time of the, 26, of the 2020 election and everything else, I was actively trying to get out of D.C. And then, whoops, I got out of uh, D.C., Virginia. And, um, yeah, it didn't look back. Now, there, there was a joke that as soon as I moved out of Virginia that, um, you know, D.C. restrictions go down in the district and that Virginia goes red and look what happens when I move out. Um, that didn't make me want to move back because the reasons why I moved out are still there. Insanely expensive. If you want to live a life where you have, you know, an opportunity to compete and an opportunity to you know, catch your breath and not have to worry about making rent, that's still not the case in Virginia. Um, a lot of our local counties are still very blue, especially in Northern Virginia where I lived. Um, D.C. still threatens people regularly. Violence, uh, you know, just the number of crimes has just doubled. People tell me all the time that the homeless are just the walking dead in D.C. Um, so, I mean, I, I miss home. I tell you all regularly, and regular listeners who've been listening for more than a couple episodes know that I still go back regularly because I've got family there and my wife's family there. But uh, moving to Wisconsin has been, ha- has been a, a giant leap, and I've talked about it here. But I want to kind of give um, you know, kind of an update on how I've been specifically, how I have been, because... It's been a lot of ups and downs. So to recap, moved here last May because I was looking for a new job. Uh, I needed something outside of the Beltway, and I needed a new start somewhere. Um, you know, it, it was 2020 was a rough year, and 2021 was really about me finding myself. I kind of went on my own walkabout, uh, did a bit of traveling, got super sick, uh, took some odd jobs, and was just trying to rebuild things because I, I, you know, a lot of shit just came tumbling down. I thought I was going to be a millionaire in 2020, guys. I'll be straight honest with you. One day I'm, I'm seeing a pay cut and I'm getting doubled the work. And next thing you know, I'm a junior executive for a tech startup that is all over the news and is gaining popularity around the world. And next thing you know, shabam. I, I mean, that shit just comes, you know, fumbling down. Luckily, I saw the signs and there were, there were reasons why I left uh, right before a uh, parlor just imploded. So luckily that, you know, luckily I, I, I saw that and I made that decision early and I wasn't there when it was really collapsing. Um, but, you know, I was still dragged into it just by association. That's what made finding work so difficult in 2021. I, I also needed to figure out, like, what, what am I going to do? Am I going to stay in this political realm? Am I going to stay? Am I going to go back to media? Like, what am I going to do? So when I took uh, the job at the nonprofit that I accepted an offer with, um, you know, I, I was really just looking for something safe, something quiet, something where I could still continue to use my talents, though, maybe just not be that much of a public face for. Uh, I came here on, I moved here on a few weeks' notice, and uh, a few days after I took the offer, I went ahead and proposed to my now wife and we got engaged and we spent like a week together and then I was out because I moved here uh, I got an apartment sight unseen 
had to furnish it from scratch. I didn't own shit. It's funny what happens when you finally move out on your own and you realize how much shit you don't own. I, I was like, at one point, I don't own spoons. Like, I don't own spoons. I don't own a laundry basket. Like, I, I own a bunch of comic books and some, you know, some other shit, but I don't own anything that I need to, like, live. Like, how am I going to eat cereal? I didn't even own a bowl. So luckily, my, my parents helped me out, and they moved me up here. And um, when I got here and they left after uh, a couple of days, that was some lonely, lonely shit. And mind you, I, I started working the second day I was here. I didn't even have a, I didn't even have my bed up. I slept on an air mattress, and I was still going into work every day. Mind you, I was told that I was going to work primarily remote, but because of the nature of our job, I had to be a resident. Well, turns out remote turned into hybrid, and then within about a month, hybrid turned into full-time on-site. So that meant that all this ideas, all these ideas I had about going back home, you know, and, you know, spending a few months home and then coming back for a few months, I didn't see my family for, for a good while. And uh, that made it really difficult for me and my then fiance. Because now we're like, shit, like, I don't know when we're going to see each other. Luckily, luckily, um, she came out to visit as often as she could. And even my friends at the Degenerate panel came out uh, for 4th of July. We had a great 4th of July weekend. And uh, I'm really lucky that I got the opportunity to come, you know, to and from home. And, you know, they were all able to visit me and stuff. But it wasn't, it wasn't the same. And when I came here, like... I didn't know anything. I, I, I never, honestly, I couldn't find Wisconsin on a map. I came here as a Civil Air Patrol cadet in high school to work at the Oshkosh EAA Air Venture, which is the world's largest air show, when I was a Civil Air Patrol cadet. I was 16. I didn't even really know where Wisconsin was, and I certainly never thought I'd be coming back as a 26-year-old man. And, um, like, you, you go, think about, think about how it was for me. I spent my entire adult life building myself up as a beltway political consultant and a content creator and eventually as a as a media person and it took a long ass time it took a lot of work to build connections to build a network to make a name for myself and now nobody wanted to get near me because one I had nothing to offer them two they thought because of where I had worked previously I was toxic um, and they want to get miles away from me. And I get it. It hurt. I get it. But, you know, it's like the, those bridges are burned. And then third, um, you know, it's like I came here not with anything. It's like it's like Peter Parker at the end of at the end of um, No Way Home, where it's like, you know, all his friends don't remember him and stuff like that. And he has really nobody. I'm not saying it was to that extent. Like, you know, I've got I've got my phone. I could text people, my friends and loved ones came and visited me, but it's just, uh, it wasn't the same. Like the one thing I found was that my, what, what do I do on the weekends? Like I did, I did quite a bit of exploring, you know, you can see it on my Instagram. I did quite a bit of travel and stuff, but that, that wanes really fast. And as I've discussed in previous episodes, like traveling alone is great. You do a lot of soul searching when you travel alone, but you also realize that those are just a lot of moments that you'd rather share with others. Um, you know, it, I, I hunkered down quite a bit. I was working, you know, before, before I got married, before my wife came here and before I got my, my new gig, which is fully remote and awesome. Um, I was working like a monk. 
I, I was work. I would go to work. I would come home and I would just work. I would like heat something up and I would work until about 10, 11 o'clock. And then I go to sleep and I repeat it. It wasn't until about three months since I started doing jujitsu and jujitsu became really the center point of my life because what it did was it forced me to do something brand new. It was hard physically, emotionally, mentally, as I've discussed. The great thing about it, though, was that it gave me something fun to look forward to that was just for me. I don't have to share it with anyone. I don't have to explain it to anybody. You know, it has nothing to do with work. It's just it's just me and everything I had done for so long especially back when I was living in Virginia, was just focused on work. So I will say that one of the best decisions I made for myself was getting into, um, you know, get, getting into a jiu-jitsu school, making friends, you know, going uh, two, three hours, two, three, four hours a week when I was really doing it. I was going up to five hours a week when I first started. Now, I, you know, it's between um, two to four based off work and life and everything. But I still, like, I'm still there. Like, sometimes I'll go twice a day. Last week I went twice on Monday. But, um, you know, that was one of those things where it was like, do, do something for you. Do something that challenges you just for you, and uh, you'll make friends. And, you know, all my, all my friends here are basically friends I made from jiu-jitsu. It is one of the best choices I made um, when I came here. Probably the best choice because it really helped me maintain my sanity. But it's also one of the best choices I've made in my life. And, you know, part of it is just reconnecting with the world and, you know, not being afraid to do things, you know, not having as many opportunities in 2020 um, because of what happened in 2021 as things recovered, you know, it, it was definitely a point where it was like, you know, live the life that you think you want to live and stop, you know, dreaming about it and go do it. And uh, if you told me I'd be doing this a couple of years ago, I'd be saying, well, I don't have time. I'd be making excuses. I'd be afraid and stuff like that. But it, it was really a leap of faith to go in and do that because it hasn't just been about learning jujitsu. It's been testing me on so many things. So I want to say that was hugely important. Secondly, um, you know, coming here, I'd be lying if I said that the cost of living wasn't insanely better than Virginia. My friends from Virginia come up here and they're just like, damn, it's so cheap and inexpensive and you can breathe and live and pay rent. And I'm like, yeah, you can. Um, you know, I, I, I try and tell you guys that regardless of your circumstances, what really shows you about yourself is when you fall and you have to get up. And when I moved here, even though I was starting a new work opportunity in a field I thought I wanted to be in, uh, I, I was at like ground zero, like, I, I, like it was, it was fucking rough. Um, like it was, it was really rough. Luckily though, um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of losing my train of thought. I'm sorry. I'm a little emotional talking about it. Um, oh yeah. What, where I'm getting with this is, um, you know, you always have a chance to restart, Sometimes you can't, sometimes you can, but you can make that choice. And what I told myself was that I was going to be a much more self-reliant and, you know, much more confident person here. A lot of that, you know, does have to do with finances. Um, a lot of people were like, oh, you know, Biden's president, you know, all this other stuff. Bad shit happens. We talked about it here on the show all the time. I bitched about it. My episode talking about, you know, airport mandates and the COVID vaccines and everything from uh, last year, a lot of you were just like, oh, you're too down and everything. But I was like, listen, this is just the state that we're in. Irregardless of what goes on in the world, irregardless of what goes on in Washington, D.C., ultimately, you can go ahead and you can be the hero you need. And I did that in one way, one huge way. I tripled my net worth. 
in one year, I tripled my net worth. Um, I didn't really even realize it until a couple months ago when I actually did a full audit of myself to see like what my net worth was and to see it double in a year, um, to see my, uh, to see my income, uh, you know, quadruple in some cases, uh, to see my number of clients, see my opportunities come back, uh, you know, money don't lie. And like it, it, it really, really even surprised me because I was just so focused on the grind. I was just so focused on working and living like a monk. Like, you know, when they say like disappear for six months, you know, work out, study, read, sleep, work, develop yourself, just grind and make moves in silence. I wasn't making all my moves in silence because of what I do, but I did a lot of stuff in fucking silence. And I didn't tell a lot of you about it until after it was done. Uh, investing in a business, you know, starting a new hobby like jujitsu, um, working on new products, you know, expanding my, uh, you know, my journey as a, as a side hustle coach and digital marketing coach and stuff like that. Uh, bringing on the clients I have and, you know, all, all these things. Like, I, I feel like now, since, uh, since I got married, you know, like, I, I, I left the, uh, the nonprofit, and for about a week, I actually didn't have a job lined up. Eventually, I did, and they were so nice to let me start after I moved back here with my wife. But, you know, the question came, like, what's our point in staying in Wisconsin? Like, we can go anywhere. Uh, not to get too much into the details, but we had a very serious talk about that. And what we've decided is like, you know, I may have been pulled here for one thing and, you know, I had a lot of haters here who expected me to leave. They thought that I was just going to walk home with my tail between my legs and shit like that. But no, the truth is like, we're going to stay here a while because there's a lot of freaking opportunity here because this is really where we get to write a new chapter of our lives together. And in many ways, this feels like a good opportunity for another restart where if the past year was me doing going through a lot of personal struggles alone I don't have to deal with that alone now like I'm in a much better position now um you know there there are many moves that I've made in silence that I'm not going to tell you guys about until a little after uh some of them pull through but um let's just say I wrote some big checks and I went out on a few leaps of faith and uh, have expanded myself in uh, in certain areas that I'm not always comfortable in as an introvert and stuff like that, but I have, and uh, you know this has offered me a chance to do that again. I'm I'm excited for the next year. Um, you know, I, I'm feeling a bite because of the recession. You know, like I get burned out, guys. Like I get nervous about what I see on the news, but uh, I look at what is in my control, and I'm trying to make the best out of it. And, um, you know, like I've, I've been to the lowest points you can imagine guys. Like it's not always, you know, hunky dory and awesome. Like sometimes it's shit, but like you have to, you you have to go through some days of absolute struggle. If you want to live a life of a King out like that, that might sound fucking corny, but that's the only way I can explain it. Um, you know, I actually like, I, I, I'm making friends now who don't have anything to do with the stuff I used to do. I'm trying to make more genuine friendships. Um, 
I'm trying to go out and be more of a person that, you know, people want to want to know that people want to rely on for things. And sometimes that means trusting people when they haven't necessarily earned my trust, but I'm giving them the opportunity to, to maintain it by giving them that trust first. And it's scary. I've been burned. Like it, it's, it's a scary idea, especially when you've been burned as, you know, as much as I have, like it's scary, but I have to trust people. I have to at least give them that if, if I can ever trust. And that, that's a hard thing. Um, you know, I have a lot, more of a narrow focus now because now my life isn't just about me. I'm trying to build something for me and my wife. So hopefully we can build something for our parents. So hopefully something we can build something around us. Like I am more optimistic about the future than, than not. And this is the first time I've been really optimistic in a long time because even when things are tough, like I'm still very blessed and I'm just hoping that especially through, through shows like this, I can continue to bless you that in ways that I've been blessed because, you know, we, we, we may die alone. That's a very strong possibility, but we live amongst men. So we might as well take that into account. Um, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to CPAC. I think CPAC's already happened, but I'm definitely planning on going conventions, uh, more conventions in, uh, 2022. Uh, definitely want to make the pilgrimage to pork fest, uh, may or may not go CPAC may or may not, go to uh uh go go to freedom fest in vegas but uh my wife and i are planning some more trips this year we went to florida for a honeymoon uh we've been you know all over wisconsin enjoying you know i've been enjoying being her tour guide uh went to michigan to see my family and uh me and the generate panel have a trip coming in january i'm not gonna go ahead and spoil that we'll talk about that later um you know it's just like there's there, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that uh, I'm looking forward to sharing with you. Uh, okay, we we will jump into some some stuff. A, a long story short, uh, Wisconsin's good. We're staying. We're building something. We're we're establishing roots. We're building an empire, and things are things are good. And I want to thank you all for uh, for your thoughts and prayers as we've been going through this. It hasn't been easy, but. I've appreciated it. No, my wife and my friends and family have appreciated it too. Um, but let's get into let's get into some shit, okay? How about this, uh, libertarians? I'm talking to you. For for normal people with lives, this might not pertain to you. Well, I want to try and speak vaguely because this isn't a show where I just try and talk to the talk talk to the you know talk to the choir. Um, <laughs> uh, I I see a lot of a lot of you online. And uh, your, your, your behavior is just fucking embarrassing. Like, I'm embarrassed for you. Um, you can tell a lot about people by their Twitter bio. I know it sounds like a very vain and, you know, just very e- egomaniacal thing to say, but you really can. And, um, you know, a lot of my listeners are smart people, but some of you, like, I still see, I still see some of the dumb shit. And the dumb shit is you, you arguing about stupid political shit, and I'm not saying that you can't have opinions. I'm not saying that you can't defend yourself if you're bullied online, but, like, the one thing that I am very proud that I eliminated completely over the past year is that I don't get in the fucking Twitter fights with people. I, I really don't. I, I really don't. And trust me, I could. I could talk shit like the best. People wonder, why why, are you, why are your Twitter following so slow? It's because I don't fight. Notice how my Twitter following has stayed the same, but my Instagram following on a new account that's only like eight months old, OTR underscore Remzo on Instagram. Notice how that shot up 
to around 3,000 followers um, and my Twitter went down. It's because on one platform, people are focused on what you create and on the other platform, people are focused on what you hate. And uh, I think that's telling. Uh, speaking of which, you know, like uh, we've got elections coming up and a lot of you are giving time and money to people who just don't really give a shit about you. And if there's one thing I want to impart with you, it's I prioritized other people for so long, other people that did not value my life at all. And I mean that in the very, very simplest way possible. They could not give a shit if you were hit by a car tomorrow. They would not give a shit if you had a loved one who came through with a very, uh, you know, life-threatening illness. They, they wouldn't give a shit if you just disappeared. I, I used to prioritize people who gave no shit about me because I thought maybe I can get something out of them. Uh, maybe they could, you know, lift me up to these grand horizons that they had if I just did, you know, if I, if I did that. And I did that through politics and media and everything. And let me tell you, folks, there's no gold at the end of the rainbow. And that's the one thing that really became important here because suddenly, like, you have to take inventory. When you're alone on an island, you have to really take fucking inventory of what matters to you. And you have to take inventory of who's there for you because the world got very fucking small for me. And that's one of the reasons why I had to build so much up and why, you know, it was, it was a lot of freaking work. Now, am I saying that I'm happy that my then-fiancé, now wife, was not here with me? No, I, I wanted her to be here every fucking day. It was some of the hardest days of my life. However, however, the one thing that it gave me was it gave me time to be so narrowly like crazily focused on making money and building shit. Now I'm at the point where I'm trying to actually do less stuff so I can get more of my time back because money's not a concern as much. It's a concern, but it's not the concern it would have been if I hadn't done all that. And it really forced me on uh, a journey to really establish like what am I working towards, if anything. And, you know, I, I've said it over and over again, guys, but if you're going to bitch online, if you're going to fight, if you have another man's name in your profile pic, if you have a banner on your fucking profile pic, your, your priorities are wrong. Because in the post-COVID you know COVID regime world that we live in now, you've got to build for yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. And, uh, you know, let's, let, let, let's go ahead and call it out. Dave Smith, potentially running for president. He's running for fucking president under the Libertarian Party. And, uh, you know, good for him. Seems like a nice guy. And I say this about anybody else, but I see some of you arguing stupid, stupid bullshit. And I'm sorry for the normal people that don't know about Libertarian bullshit. It will make you want to just pull your teeth out with a rusty plier. But, like, and this goes for anybody, whether you're a Republican or Democrat or, you know, what, whatever buzzword you want to throw out. Like, if you're, if, if you're giving money and time and if you're arguing on behalf of somebody else who does not give a shit about your life, you need to really prioritize shit. Because what's going to happen, let's, let's just take this guy for example, uh, could have the best intentions in the world. He runs for president, what happens? He gets more wealth, more power, more influence. And what are you left with when he loses? Especially if you're going for a third party, independent candidate or whatever. You get fucking nothing. Like, you literally get nothing out of it. Oh, I feel good. I helped do this. No, you didn't. No, it'll be dead during the next, um, during the next cycle, during the next, um, you know, media segment. That shit comes and goes, and 
in minutes, in seconds. I I used to I, I used to you know I I got my uh, start in media as an intern at the Media Research Center at Newsbusters, and then I worked my way up to working at the Washington Times. Now you know I work I write for uh, Bounding into Sports, and I do pieces over at the Political Insider. Let me tell you guys, I have seen giant life altering, earth shattering topics disappear in seconds. It is amazing how fast things move when we don't even notice. And I don't want you to be left behind. I don't want you to struggle the way that you have struggled. I don't want you to have to go through the things that I had to go through if you haven't gone through them. That's why on the show we talk about that dangerous freedom. Uh, one thing that I offer that I really ramped up this past year was coaching calls. If you don't have more than one stream of income, you need to call me. You need to DM me on Instagram, Twitter, whatever. You need to respond to this. We need to get you a second stream of income. If you're trying to build a product, a project, whatever, we need to get that going. Because, guys, trust me, as somebody that has gone through having to rebuild and restart a lot, time dwindles when you focus on things that aren't going to help you. It dwindles faster. We might as well try and make something good of it. Thank you, one and all. Just want to let you know I'm good. We're staying here. We're building something. And I want to thank you all for joining me on this uh, crazy, crazy ride that we call life. We'll be back next Monday. As always, I am your humble host, Remzo W. Martinez, offering you nothing more than a handshake and a hand up, letting you know. We can do some stuff together. Where's that music? The music should be coming up. I don't know what more to say. Um, oh, there it is. We'll be back. Fall.